0: Alright, welcome back everybody. It is the time for another episode of Bunker Boys. Just Slade and I here with you tonight. Uh, Pretty chill week in the PGA Tour world. We had a great weekend at the Memorial Tournament. We're going to talk all about that. Going to get you ready for the RBC Canadian Open.
1: The PGA Tour and its Saudi-backed competitor, Liv Golf, uh, along with Europe's DP World Tour, have agreed to merge so yeah
0: uh not quite such a calm week as we first learned early uh tuesday morning uh i'll say this real quick before we go ahead and and fully dive into it i'm kind of glad we had a day to digest this and really let more news and information come out about this because when it first came out uh i was kind of upset with how the pg tour handled this just from the looking at the player's standpoint of you know Justin Thomas shared a video where he was literally finishing a workout. He looks at his phone and there was like a thousand notifications on there. So, you know, they were blindsided by this. Um, but more and more information is coming out about how this all unfolded and so on. There's been a lot of press conferences and, and talks now. So more information is out. And so we can kind of digest it a little bit more. And we have a little bit more to talk about on top of it as well. Uh, so here is what we know as of right now. I'm just going to focus on the PGA Tour and live. Uh, I know DP World Tour is also involved in this. Uh, you and I were just talking about this DP World Tour is still kind of carrying on some shenanigans with this. They're they're not dropping their civil suit against Liv and the, the Live players. So um, right now we're just going to focus on PGA Tour and Live. Um, so it, it kind of sounds like what was was happening with PGA um, is this was all on the PGA board. Uh, the PGA board really controls everything, and then they you know the commissioner is kind of the head, uh, the the talking head of of that. Um, so the PGA board behind the scenes um, was kind of understanding that Live Golf, the PIF fund uh, that is the Saudi-backed public fund uh, that it essentially funds Live Golf, uh, has unlimited money, like billions upon billions upon billions of dollars. Uh, the PGA was not going to ever be able to keep up with it. You know, when it first came out, obviously their their thought is this is just gonna be a flash in the pan. Maybe the Saudis will understand. This isn't going to work from a financial standpoint. And eventually, they'll back out. The more and more they they sat there and watched the, the PIF the investment group throw more and more money at this, expand, live even beyond that. Um, they started to understand the, they can't keep up with it. Uh, the PGA Tour itself was paying a lot of money out of pocket for these elevated events that were a huge uh, you know, marquee thing that they were hanging their hat on. Sponsors were chipping in more, but it was never going to be enough to to help pay, to help persuade a lot of these other guys farther down the road to stay on the PGA Tour, not go to live. Uh, and, and so essentially they they bowed to them. And when it first broke, we were, we were all texting. Uh, there wasn't a lot of details in the, the moment it broke. Uh, we thought, oh, the, you know, live finally gave up and, you know, they're, they're bowing. And then it quickly, you know, turned out that that was not the case. Um, as of right now, the the way it'll operate pga tour and live golf are still separate entities uh they are not going to be you know combining on the tours i know there's been a lot of jokes uh memes going around of you know pga guys showing up at their first live event and it's just total chaos uh so the pga tour is still operating on its own live tour on its own um the pga just essentially has a lot more money now to fund these events um and and just be successful for years to come is the way a lot of the they have put it uh but we obviously have a lot of questions behind it um so like but before we get into all of our questions and talking about that just your imi- initial thoughts on it uh, and everything that has come out
1: uh yeah so my initial thoughts were that it's it's crazy i mean you had pga commissioner uh get on there make 9-11 remarks just a couple weeks ago and then uh turn around and 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 basically do exactly what they were advising the PGA tour players not to do not to go against the the group not to be disloyal um and uh it it's, there's two people in this situation that I do not want to be it would be the PGA <laughs> commissioner and Roy McRoy because those are the two that lost out the most in this Rory uh, they could the a part of this deal could have been him like getting 70 million dollars for having been such this great outspoken person for pga and he still loses out on this it's not about the money it's about this has literally tarnished his name he'll be the laughing stock of this entire situation that just happened for years to come i mean you you've got phil who like we had talked before this has already kind of been mocking rory and his having to sit out and different things like that but um I, i think that this only gives people like him and other people uh, a little bit more ammo to kind of pour it on him. Um, I I am still questioning if we're going to know more of like the, what happened within the negotiations, why uh, the PGA tour being a player run organization, air quotes, obviously because of what just happened. (laughs) Uh, But if, if it's true that, only like five people that are on the committee of the PGA tour sat in a room with a a bunch of lawyers and the live people and, and sorted this whole thing out overnight. Or if maybe some people kind of heard of it beforehand, but we're just told to kind of keep quiet, you know, what, what are your initial thoughts? Yeah. Uh,
0: My my first thought in regards to the game of golf is I think it'll do good for the product that we see on TV. I, I, we don't know these specifics yet. If, you know, live guys will be allowed back on the PGA tour now to play events. I don't think any of that has, has come out yet. Um, all we know right now is just one company is essentially funding both all or three leagues now. Um, and so, but I, I'm hoping it, it brings a resolution to that. And we, we talked about it weeks before about American guys being allowed onto the Ryder cup team. Uh, hopefully this is another alleyway to make that more of a possibility. Obviously Brooks, kept because just want a major. Hopefully, Jack Zach Johnson kind of sits back and sees that and says, okay, at least he is, he's eligible. I know he's been making some comments on his own about oh, I don't know how good these guys really are. Um, but regardless, I hope this just opens another path for that to be a possibility. Uh, like we just said, you know, the DP World Tour is still kind of carrying on, so it's going to be hard for the European guys to get onto the team. Um, but nonetheless, I, again, we still need to wait for more details on that end to come out about you know, guys being able to play, you know, from tour to tour, how that's still going to work out. um But on the other hand, like you said, I, I feel very, you know, I feel horrible for the guys. You know, Rui McIlroy has been the big one. But, you know, you also think about Justin Thomas, uh, Colin Morikawa, John Rahm, Jordan Spieth, Jordan Spieth huge Roar. names. Sorry. Even Tiger Woods yeah, uh, off, yeah, offered large oh. amounts of money to go over and play live golf. And they said, no, we're going to stay here. We're going to be loyal for the, the tradition, the everything that comes with playing on the PGA Tour. And then for, and again, I'm not pointing fingers right now at Jay Monahan. That was my first in, initial thought yesterday was this is Jay Monahan's fault. So more information has come out. How true it is, uh, this is information Jay Monahan put out. I don't know if he's trying to deflect off of him or if, or if it is the truth that uh, Jimmy Dunn and Ed Hurley were kind of the, the spearheaders. They had the meetings. Jay Monahan was kind of kept to the sideline until – you know the final meetings were taking place he was brought in obviously he did know about it and that he just chose not to tell other people so he still does deserve blame absolutely um but you know he wasn't the mastermind behind this plan um but it, these were guys that were going out there and they were they were championing championing uh PGA Tour and, and how great it is to play here and that they don't want to go over there and take that money uh they don't want to defect and now all of a sudden they they really don't have a choice but to sit here and, and you know realize that PJ Tour, like you said, did exactly the opposite of what they asked uh the, the players to do. Like you said, this is supposed to be a player run organization. And obviously, we've seen a lot of tweets coming out of players that knew nothing was was even being talked about. Rory said he at least knew there was backdoor conversations. Uh we just talked, I don't think he knew exactly what those conversations were and what was gonna happen. Um but a lot of these guys, Rory uh, looks the worst. Uh, just for you know, a lot of the comments he was saying, uh, he made more comments today saying, you know, "I, you know, it's it's very hypocritical." But I still hope live golf goes away. Like I, I don't think live golf live itself is good for the sport. Um, which to that, I say, like I mean, I, I feel like he's just very angry at the situation that's happened, and he absolutely deserves to be. But there also comes a time where you just need to kind of bottle it up close your lips for a little bit and just let everything else kind of simmer down. Uh, Cause I, it, the way it looks like it's heading is more than likely is these guys are going to be playing back on the tour again. So, I mean, I, I understand he player relationships are still there. I, I know him and Kepka have played a couple of practice rounds and stuff together. Uh, him and Phil obviously have a huge rivalry uh, from the their comments back and forth, but um, you're just making it an, an eventual reunion a little bit harder on yourself. So, um, um,
1: Two, two things that I wanted to add. First thing is uh, about the money part. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it was actually reported two, three days ago that Hideki Matsuyama was actually before his back injury last year or at the beginning of this year. Is that Was it last year or the beginning of this year, his back injury? All right, I think it happened last year, and then it kind of lingered through yeah. the beginning of this year. R- right before that had happened, that he was actually outside of Tiger Woods offered the most money by Liv because he is the best-playing player a player out of the asian area and market and he's Mm -hmm. actually sponsored by Strixon, which is the largest um golf carrier in the asian market uh they had said that like he he would have drawn the most eyes outside of a u.s player had they been able to sign him which i just think is crazy because that's Mm -hmm. another person that like uh, definitely didn't need to stay on the PGA Tour, especially if at the time might have been battling some back injuries and yeah. could have easily taken a check, slid over, taken the time to rest, kind of like Brooks Kepka, and then yeah. came back and started playing uh, high-level golf again. The second yeah. thing, uh, do you feel that that first video that came out with PGA Commissioner kind of reminded you of some other videos that have come out in the Saudi area last 10 years?
0: Yeah. No, uh, it was definitely a very, I mean, it, it was an awkward situation. It was just awkward. Watching him, yeah, know, watching him up there on the podium trying to answer all these questions. Um, it, The camera was also a little out of focus, so I definitely have, it, it added an element to it. That I, I see what you're saying there. It's just weird. Um, yeah. No, but I mean, there's obviously going to be more and more information and news that's coming out about this. Uh, the RBC Canadian Open is going to be, I think all the eyes are off the golf that's going to be played
1: It's on fire. Literally the
0: the, the country is on fire. Yeah. We're going to, we're going to be talking a lot about, you know, our, our fantasy picks here. Um, and kind of second guessing some of these picks now, just because of, you know, all this coming out and the mental weight it's going to put on these guys as they try to go out there and and continue to play golf play well, before we move on, uh, just some of the questions that I was thinking of that I I just at least want to discuss, um, one of them worry about it was you know our, our live guys gonna be allowed back and just information that we still need to get answered there and and Ryder Cup as far as that as well, um. But one of the the things about this was, uh, or the comments made is that PGA Tour is still supposed to be operating as its own separate entity, uh. But you know with with so much money being pushed in by this PIF fund in the Saudis, um. I I kind of wonder and I worry that eventually. One, there's the board. I don't even know if they're still going to be around. Uh, but two, if the, the Saudis are going to kind of start dipping their hands into, you know, the day-to-day operations and, and a lot of playing like that. And one thing I think, and I don't know, not necessarily the Saudis will control this, but watching how global the Live Tour has become and going to a lot of these different and cool locations that I think the PGA Tour is missing out on. One of the big ones is Australia. Um is I wonder if this is going to kind of push PGA in that direction. Let's do a couple more international events. I know the the winter break is usually when they do a lot of Japanese and and Asian tours. Uh, But are we going to see some more stops now in South America? Uh, Or, you know, like I just said, Australia, something like that. Uh, So that's another thing. Um, But yeah, so those are just the the questions in the back of my mind. Like I said, as more information comes out and... um, Obviously, I think this is something we're going to be talking about for weeks, if not months, to come.
1: Do you think that this turns out to be sort of like two rosters where they just kind of draft players to one side or the other, and you play in that league for the year? Like, kind of like when WCW was bought out by the WWF. Right. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I don't. I don't see it heading there. Just simply for yeah, I, I don't. I don't think that would really work. Just uh, I. I, I, that would I'd kind of be cool to watch.
1: You know, like, like Dustin Johnson is the captain of the aces. Do you think that he's able to like draft somebody for $5 million for the season for them to play on their team or whatever, you know? Yeah, no, <laughs> I, I don't see it going
0: that far. Um, But I mean, going back to my, my thoughts and questions going forward is, you know, Liv has some relaxed rules toward dress code. Uh, One of those is players are allowed to wear shorts. That's something PGA players have been begging for. And that was a huge proponent for Liv Golf. I wonder if kind of some of those fun rules uh, are going to trickle their way into the PGA. Uh, Again, just things we're going to have to watch out for and and keep an eye on. Uh, It's going to be a very interesting couple weeks and months here going forward. Last question.
1: Yeah. What is the biggest thing you hope changes? Um, Is it the lack? Is it the relaxation on like the outside of golf rules, kind of like with dress code, uh, different things like that uh maybe the having biggest mic'd thing, up the entire yeah. tournament the biggest thing it and um I, I know liv does this but i
0: really like how the pga uh broadcasts do they're they're mic'd up i i, I don't think and if say on espn plus when you're watching those dedicated mm-hmm. groups uh i think that'd be one thing but when i'm sitting down on cbs um and i've said this many times and i'll stand by this uh, i could watch cbs on Golf on CBS all day long. I think their coverage is great. NBC Golf Channel and uh, the PGA Live suck. I can I, I was that was one of the tweets I was going to put out yesterday. Is like hopefully with this merger they fire everybody on PGA Live because I cannot stand their broadcast. Um, but I really like just the, the walking the whole, Hey, walk talk me through your shots here. Um, kind of thing that the, I know all of them do it now. But um, the big thing I I hope for that comes out of this is like I said. I would really like to see those live guys be able to come back and play on the PGA tour. Um, and I, granted, I know that is not what a lot of the PGA PGA guys want, uh, just because of they left to take the money. Uh, Mm Um, but I think just with the merger going through, that's the one thing I want to see those, those best golfers. I want to see, you know, week in, week out. I know they're obviously not going to play every week. That's the big reason they left. Um, I just want to see, you know, big tournaments like the RBC Canadian or these elevated events that we're pushing out now is the the true best 70 or whatever guys it's going to be next year playing those tournaments. So that's what I hope for the most. Um,
1: Yeah, I I think just as a last comment on this thing, I think the craziest thing to come from this, just first thing thinking about it Tuesday morning when it's broke is someone – like Brooks Koepka, who does not want to play every week. He wants to play the big tournaments, the majors, or now maybe the elevated events. Um, he got to leave for over a hundred million dollars. He got all the rules and everything he wanted to do, and now he gets to come back, no consequence. As as we see, like on paper so far, you know, right. that's this is just what what we know. But it's just it's just crazy. I mean, and then you have, well paint rory as like the goody two-shoe guy that like i'm not jumping i'm sinking with the ship like i'm yeah. going with the ship whether it mm-hmm. sinks or not and uh these two could possibly be playing a lot of tournaments next year
0: yeah hey, and just one last thing on my end that we think about is the, these guys passed up on the on the pga tour that decided not to leave that were offered but that's another key thing too is a lot of these guys i've seen being outspoken about you're not Bay. offered yeah, or, or, you know, I, I think the, the one rumor, I don't know if this is 100% true. It was not verified uh, from what I saw, but in the meeting yesterday when they were kind of going through all this, I think it was Grayson Murray stood up and yeah. was screaming at Jay Monaghan, and Rory just set, stood up and was like, dude, you're 233 in the world. Like, play better golf, and then you can be part of this conversation. But really, like, you don't have any any kind of say in this. Um, But the, the guys that passed up the money to leave, at the end of the day, that. Granted, that was an offer to them, but it, in reality, it's hypo- hypothetical money they lost. You know, it, it's not money that they had obtained and then kind of spent and lost. Whereas, and it pales in comparison to the dollar amount. But you think about the Live Guys that through lawsuits left and right, PGA, the PGA Tour, PGA players, and so on. You know, and and lost those lawsuits. I mean, I granted, I, I think they're happy with the contracts they signed, but this they lost actual you know money. Paying for lawyer fees, having the you know any suits that they lost, um, that's just something else I was thinking about. Obviously, like I said, pales in comparison to the dollar amounts. Yeah, it um, doesn't
1: matter if you pay yeah. seven million dollars for lawyer fees when you won, you made a hundred million. <laughs> yeah, so but,
0: yeah. I, just, just something else I was thinking about as we were talking. Um, let's go ahead and let's get off of the live PGA merger. And like <laughs> I said, I'm sure we we're going to be talking about that for weeks, if not months, to yeah. come. Um, before all of this broke, we had a wonderful tournament. At the Memorial, uh, this is always one of the best tournaments year in year out to watch. Murfield Village is one of the best golf courses in my mind that PGA Tour goes to regularly. Um, and it, it is not an easy course by any means. The winning score is is seven under. Um, and the, the rough was was greedy this week. I mean, it, it, it really penalized missed shots. Um, you know, Rory obviously was a was big one that we're going to talk about here. Um, But normally, one of the best players with his wedges, and he kind of struggled on Sunday, ended the day Saturday into Sunday, uh, and that ultimately cost him the win as he dropped more and more uh, shots and then fell back. Still ends up finishing T7. You and I were talking about this earlier. Uh, There was a couple guys saying, oh, my God, Rory completely fell apart. You know, he he said this break did good for him. Granted, he didn't play his best golf on Sunday, but still. Uh, the fact that he was able to finish t7 when everybody's saying he absolutely fell apart is kind of hilarious to me uh, but just your your initial thoughts on the tournament this weekend
1: yeah so like you had said the the rough was very unforgiving um that seemed to be the biggest point I'm glad you touched on it uh, i think that i something i did not think that victor hoblin had in him as of recent was to be able to really gut out his his putting game when it mattered. Uh, I think afterwards they had put the stat up there that that last putt for him was worth $1.2 million. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just think that he did a really great job of showing that he has that that in him You know, if if need be at a tournament like this, that is a real gritty win, because like we had said, if you're not perfect with your drive, your fairways, uh, different things um, that you're going to have a really hard time even getting to the putting surface just because of those unforgiving roughs. Um, uh, Another thing just to talk about Victor was, I mean, it was pretty crazy that he went out with his college roommate the day after for the longest day of golf, 36 holes on the bag. Yeah, that's that's
0: awesome to see, and I love that. Uh, but yeah, I, I kind of had my concerns about Victor, and we, we've we seen him in the lead. We've seen him battling for the lead and then come up short, and, but we've seen him a few shots off and then kind of struggle to mount any kind of charge. Now, I, I won't say he went out there and he mounted a huge charge on Sunday to get there. He just kind of played solid golf, and I I think the lead more so fell into his lap, but still coming down the stretch there, 15 through 18, he had to make some key shots and key putts, you know, sitting there tied for second tied for first at different points. Uh, he ends up, you know, getting into solo second or with a huge birdie put on 17, um, to set himself up and, and put himself in good position to be there in case Danny McCarthy, you know, had trouble on 18, which he did. Uh, I'll say this on Danny McCarthy real quick. That was an amazing weekend out of him. I don't, nobody I, I saw that coming. Um, the way he played 18, obviously, hitting your drive the way he did, there was no, there was nothing good going to come of that. The, the fact that he took his medicine and laid up like he did and still put himself in a good position to no worse than bogey that hole uh, and get to a playoff where it was remarkable. I think a lot of other guys in that situation um, kind of would have felt the pressure. I think back to, I think it was a Valspar, and I can't think of his name, when he kind of hit the drive wrong. Um and then you saw him from there realize, oh, no, like this is slipping away from me and, and unfold from there. Uh, watching Denny McCarthy keep his composure and put himself in contention to, hey, let's let's not fall apart completely here. Let's get this to a playoff. And then obviously, you know, struggling in the playoff as well in 18. It just had his number that day. Um, which huge to see. I, I'm excited to see what he can do going forward, if he can compete for more wins. Um, but watching Hovland kind of finally get, like you said, gut out the win and play really good golf on a Sunday and not make a lot of mistakes, like we've seen him do a lot of times this year, like the Masters, I think of the, the, the first RBC tournament we have. Um, so I, I'm happy to see him win. Uh one question I have for you on this past weekend. Um, and it's been a concern of him all year, uh, but Scotty Scheffler and his putting. Uh, I think it was almost 20 strokes he gained on the entire field from tee to green, around the green, uh, just everything. And then when he got the putting, I think he was losing almost eight strokes uh, on the field. What are your your thoughts on Scheffler's putting going forward with two more majors coming up and obviously the
1: FedEx playoffs? Um, I personally think that that just kind of goes on feel more than like – I don't know, more more than like your dynamics and stuff like that. So I think that I would much rather in his position have to work on putting and the different grains and the feel and just kind of honing that in, uh, getting back to where he was previously, you know, than to have, I don't know, missed half of the fairways or something this past weekend or so, you know, like I I think that of, of all the things that could be going wrong. I think for him that this is best case scenario. I mean, we had talked about it before the the guy can't be number one in the world. I mean, he could be number one in the world every week, but he, he can't be that top two guy in the world every single week, week in and week out. And we saw even last year when he had the great performance the entire year. I mean, he went on what was, what was the record five weeks in a row that he won or five yeah, weeks think- that he played. He won. Yeah, I think yep. was it, um, but I, I mean, but then we also saw him have a couple of down weeks where maybe he was top 30 or something like that. So, I mean, I, I don't think that, I, I mean, I think a third place with, with the stats that you had just said about him, you know, I don't think that's anything to worry about too much.
0: Yeah. Yeah. is I'm not necessarily worried about it. I mean, the fact that, you know, he's playing such good golf, I think he is 12 straight top 10 finishes now, or it might be 10 straight. He has a lot of top 10 finishes yeah. in a row now. Um and the fact that he's being – he's able to play this well and the one thing that's off about his game is his putting. I mean, if he is able to get that even figured out a little bit. I mean, in watching him this this weekend, he had the reads, right? I feel like for the most part, it's just his speed. Or, you know, there was a – I feel like three or four putts that literally just sat on the lip and just would not fall in for them. So, I mean, if he can have just even two let's, – let's call it a two-stroke on the field, you know, difference there uh i think he's gonna start winning a lot more tournaments and with that comes more and more confidence um so i mean like i said i'm not necessarily worried about him in any means it's, it's just I, I want i am worried to about, think his, about yeah his his mental acuity to that because i know this is something he's been struggling with a lot i, I go back to the uh, there was a video that came out when he was at the masters uh and him and his coach were like arguing on the putting green about things um and, and so at some point it definitely has to start wearing on you mentally. Uh, But the fact that he's playing this well, is is just remarkable.
1: And I think, like you said, it's, it's not hard to kind of nitpick. I mean, anyone else that took third this past weekend, it's very hard to nitpick on something, a part of their game. Uh, But with someone like him that is placed in the top 10 in the last 10 or 12 uh, events that he's played in, I mean, it, he's he's at another level like i said top two i mean it's him and rom it seems like recently and then there's another level below them like those two are just up there able to compete week in and week out and so when you do see a little bit of a hiccup with the putting like you have mentioned it's easy to kind of pinpoint that with someone of his caliber you know
0: yeah um so that'll wrap up the memorial tournament uh, again a, a great weekend there is a lot of fun as always to see uh, we're going to shift over to the RBC Canadian Open this week, just outside of Toronto. Uh, like you just pointed out, there's a lot going on in Canada right now. I think it's over 250 wildfires. So obviously, uh, you know, plus or plus, anybody affected by that, but um, th- there's going to be a lot of fire on the golf course as well. I think this is still going to turn out to be a great tournament. Uh, so let's go ahead. Let's update you on the fantasy golf standings uh, Slade, I'm slowly eating into your, your, your lead. I don't know. Eight. It's slow. It, yeah, you it's, got a big chunk there. <laughs> I only got six points this past week, but uh, slowly chipping away at it. I'm 18 back you right now. Um, Nick is, is gaining a little bit on you as well, but he's still 17 back me. Um, and then we had Sam this past week. He just he didn't whoop our butts. Uh, just he had one pick over the rest of us that you know got to have a few more points, but. He's five up over you. Uh, so this is this is going to be exciting going forward. Um, and so I'm excited. But uh, let's go ahead. Let's dive into our picks for this week. Uh, since I beat you, I'll go ahead and go first. Um, so first up, I'm taking Corey Connors for my second week in a row. Uh, obviously, he did not play well last week. I think he shot plus eight and we missed it. But, um, I, but he, he needs a huge bounce back. And I think the best place to do it, uh, native Canadian, is going to be on his, on his home soil. Uh, and so, why not? So, I'm going to go with him. Next pick is Roy McIlroy. Uh, I put this in Sunday night as soon as we cleared out last week's table. Uh, he's the defending winner, uh, and he had a like we just said, finished tied for seventh last week. I'm a little hesitant though, right now, just because of with the news of the merger coming out was one thing, but just watching him on the podium today doing his press conference, I kind of wonder where his mental state is and how much that's going to affect his play throughout the week. Uh my next pick is uh Tyrell Hatton. Five straight top 20 finishes. Uh, and he I, I feel like he has a breakthrough coming anytime now. I, I he is one of those guys on tour. I feel like he is you know one thing in his game away from winning uh, and winning a lot. And I think a win is coming any anytime now. And I think this is going to be a great week for him to do it. Uh, Matt Fitzpatrick, he finished tied, tied for ninth last week. Uh, he's really looking good heading into defending his U.S. Open title. I think he needs to continue to stay sharp. I don't think this is a week he can necessarily take off and, and relax. I think he's going to want to go out there and, and play really good golf to stay prepared. Uh, so I think he's going to play well this week. Uh, Sam Burns, I'm still waiting on something out of him uh, since winning the match play. Um, he finished tied for 16th last week. Tied six the week before at the at Colonial. Um, so yeah, he's putting together good finishes. I'm still just waiting for, you know, kind of that, that stamp uh, you know, that we haven't seen since the match play. Um, and my last pick is Tommy Fleetwood. He missed the cut in his last start at the Schwab, Carl Schwab. Uh, he, he is he's one of the best players in, um, in in short game. I think he's tied for 12. Uh, and adjusted scoring with the short game, uh, and so I mean I think he's going to rely on that a lot this week. That's going to help him out around the greens. I think it's going to help him get a low score. And I think he's a little bit motivated coming off that miscut. Uh, so those are my six guys. Uh, Slate, who do you got this week?
1: Yeah. So couple of uh, couple of uh, repeats from you. I started out with Corey Connors. Uh, like you, I, I thought that he was going to have a great week last week. He he proved the opposite. Uh, I figure with the extra two days rest that he got that he should be more than rested up for this week. Um, next, I'm going to go to Hatton. Uh, I think that he's just a really strong player. I realistically think that a non-big, like big-name big player, like I don't think Rory, I don't know that uh, – I just don't think that Rory's going to be able to compete at the highest level this weekend, and that's why I might have to take him out of my lineup. Just because there there are certain things outside of just like life events and stuff like that that can definitely cause problems with what you're doing. And I think that what just happened with Rory and all the questions that he's going to have and be asked is just a lot for him to deal with for for this weekend, especially with this breaking on Tuesday. Them not really talking or getting to ask questions until today, uh, I think that like, it's just a lot to deal with. Um, so I, I think that Hatton is definitely a good pick this weekend. Uh, Matt Fitzpatrick, I think that he always does good when they're outside of the I S <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I think that he, he's really good at finishing the top 15 in those types of tournaments. And so that's why I picked him for this one. Uh, Justin Rose, I think that he's a really good veteran that's able to grid himself away or uh, around, uh, A lot of these courses that he's been to before. um, I put in Lipsky. uh, I I have no idea why. I just liked his name. Uh, I figured he was a good uh, (laughs) backup guy. Um, If I do sub Roy out, I think, I think I have to go with Grayson Murray just out of (laughs) spite. Oh my goodness. Um. Yeah. So
0: actually, I was just scrolling, and I apparently that report was confirmed. So Lips or not Lipsky Murray stood up. Uh, shout out to Jay Monahan. Yeah, Rory kind of responded in defense of Monahan, and a lot of people were not happy. And then apparently after that, Grayson Murray told Rory to fuck off. Um, yeah. So definitely a lot of uh, heated people at the RBC Canadian Open this week. So it's going to be interesting. Um, looking at Nick's picks real quick, even though he's not with us, uh, a lot of the same guys: McElroy, Fitzpatrick, Hatton, Connors, Rose, and Burns. Uh, I. All repeat, to the point Yeah. Now. Yeah, we're getting to the point now. I think I'm gonna wait till about 26, 27 events. Uh and then from there, I'm just as long as I'm not in last, I'm just gonna start covering him off. Whatever whoever he picks, I'm I'm gonna pick uh just to make sure I don't finish in last. Now if I'm I'm just out of the lead, I'm I'm obviously gonna go for the win. Um, but I, I whoever's in last, I'm just gonna cover them off and make sure that I don't
1: fall behind them. That's all I care about right now. At, at that point, right now I'm
0: still trying to gain some more points. Yeah, what are we
1: at? This is 19 at 32, right? um yeah i think you just had that there 19 uh but um so or so this will be 20 um so i mean 12 events left i'd i'd actually assume that i mean the next six events are, are kind of make or break like you're either you either got a chance to win or you don't because the last six events we've all been saving at least three four uses basically three for a lot of these big name guys. So we're gonna be repeating and all copying scores for a lot of the big tournaments. Yeah.
0: Like I can tell you right now, I'm using Rom and Homa next week, and that'll be the last time I use both of them, probably until yep. the FedEx Cup playoffs. Um Scheffler, same thing. Uh I might use now. I I think I'm saving him for the playoffs as well. Um and then there's a couple like Shuffle is the other guy I have four uses out of, and every time I use him, he doesn't really perform. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm going to save him for the Scottish Open, though. He won there last year, so we'll see
1: if he but can. But that's what I mean. I mean, four. we got four events that we're yeah. all going to most likely be copying guys because these are the guys that are going to look to perform the best at these tournaments, and we've been saving for those. So, I mean, uh, 12. I, I think events so like – So there's eight events that yeah. are really make or break in terms of being able to pick other guys and shift the scoring here. Yeah. I mean,
0: looking ahead, I think events like the John Deere Open – uh, and then the 3M and Wyndham. So those three events right there, I think, are going to be huge in deciding mm-hmm. who's going to win it. Because like you said, obviously the playoffs uh, and then the, the Open Championship as well. And those uh, those are
1: kind of like break weeks also, where not a lot of... Uh, yeah, a lot of the, the, the key guys Some guys take out breaks, now. yeah.
0: Yeah, so now, it's going to be a lot of fun coming down to the end here and, and seeing who can make up a couple points here or there on somebody. So that's going to be a lot of fun. Moving ahead, last thing on the RBC Canadian Open... Uh, is we are going to give you our cash out picks. Uh, Slade, you can go ahead and go first.
1: Yeah, so uh, Brant Snedeker, he has played in the RBC Canadian Open, I think they said nine times, and he's uh, placed in the top 48 of those times. So I was like, you know what? Uh, he's he's got to at least have a chance at getting top 40, and at plus 240, I thought that, that was pretty good odds for that. Um, the other one that I'm really excited about is Thigala over Fleetwood and Mitchell. I know that doesn't sit well for you and Nick's uh I think Nick also picked Fleetwood with you. Uh um I, I know that doesn't really sit well for you guys' picks, but I think that Thigala has like sneakily kind of been like that top top 10, 15 guy, right in there between ten and fifteen this season. Um and so I think that if he's able to do that and and Fleetwood and Mitchell kinda <laughs> miss a couple of shots this week, that he's able to sneak that one out. Not a great payout, but I was hoping to take an easy win there.
0: Yeah. Uh, no, I really like that Fred Sedeker top 40, uh, he just came back from his back surgery. Uh, and this past weekend, he looked really, really good at the Memorial Tournament. So I think that's a great pick for him to finish top 40. Um, the Thegala pick, I also, I don't hate. Uh, I just wish he would have played better last week on my fantasy team. But what are you going to do? Uh, my picks this week, uh, in the first round, I took Justin Rose to finish better than Matt Fitzpatrick. Last week, Matt Fitzpatrick had a terrible first round, and I feel like that's kind of been the stigma around him as he struggles in the first round. I think Justin Rose is going to go out there and have to post a really good number on Thursday to, to kind of get himself into some sort of position heading into the weekend. Uh, and so I think um, Rose is just kind of a better first round. Uh, next pick I have is Adam Hitt had win to finish in the top forty. I really feel like we haven't heard this name a lot since he was up there in the leaderboard at the Waste Management Open and kind of fell back as the weekend came. Um, but I'm expecting a, a big kind of performance out of him heading into again his his native land up there in Canada. Uh, so I'm going to take him and to finish in the top forty at minus one sixty-five. The so Justin Rose odd was plus one five as well. Um, so that'll do it for our RBC Canadian Open Preview. Uh, it's going to be a very fun weekend with lots of headlines swirling around as well. Um, let's go ahead. Let's sh- shift over to growing our game. Um, We've talked about it the last, I think, three weeks now, uh, two weeks at least, uh, is this weekend will be the Jack Wagon Sports Cup. It's the first time we're playing. I think it was August last year when we played last. Um, this will be the third iteration of it. Uh, the first was at my... Day before my wedding, uh, when it had to be settled in a playoff at a miniature golf course. Uh, so, Slade, you're two and L. One thing I want to know is regarding your game: what is going to be the first, the, the thing within the first three holes that's going to tell you how your your day is going to go? Not necessarily just like oh, like you know, can't shoot super high scores, but what about your game specifically is going to tell you if you're going to have a, a good or bad day?
1: Putting speed. Yeah, uh, I think that normally before I would have said driver, um, team, but, uh, I think with that, I'm just going to take the the safe bet. And if things are getting out of hand a little early, I think on any par fours, I'm just going to use a hybrid or a three iron, just get it down there nice in the fairway and then play from there. Um, but if it's a nice wide open par five or something like that, I'm definitely going to use the driver. I think on all the par fives, it's going to be necessary for me. I don't hit the ball as far as you and Nick by any chance. So I'm going to need the driver on those holes um, just to be able to stay within a, within a, a stroke of you guys there. Uh, but I definitely think putting speed is is going to be the one that make or, makes or breaks my score. Um, just being able to get the speed right is, is something that, can shave at least a stroke off on every single hole. So, I mean, for someone that could easily three putt every single hole this weekend, um, I'm really hoping that that's not the case and that I can hone in on the speed. What about you?
0: Yeah. Um, For me, it's got to be my chipping. Uh, That's one thing I've been trying to work on the most, but it also seems to be the thing. Even while working on it, it's still... I feel like cost me more strokes than, than anything when I'm playing uh, is, you know, I'll either duff a chip or the big thing too is going to be if I can stay out of the bunkers, I mean, I, or how I play out of the bunkers, I should say. Obviously, my goal would be to avoid them, but um, the, the, the past couple of rounds I've played, if I end up in a bunker, that's automatically adding three or four strokes, uh, and it, it's just frustrating. So if I can have any kind of success uh, and for me my success would be getting something on the green or if not you know kind of close where i can use a bump and run and, and you, like i said stay out of the bunkers i think that'll be the big thing that tells me like all right you know you're, you're gonna be okay today or you're in for a long day um i think with the three of us and you, you talked about driving is yeah like nick and i can hit the ball kind of far but the the, the issue is going to be keeping it somewhat straight or at least hitting it to areas where it's going to be playable. You know, we don't want to hit out of bounds. We, we don't want to hit into, you know, treed areas where it's, it's going to be difficult to play your next shot. Mm-hmm. Um, and so uh, I think that's going to be another thing too, is is putting ourselves into, you know, a scoring position off the tee. Like you said, if that means, you know, having to take a, a lesser club, like I, I've done really well with my three wood for some reason. I can, I can. And then I went to the range today and I was shanking everything. Um, but I, I think you know if I get through three or four holes uh, with the driver and it's just it's not clicking. All right, hey, let's let's pull up the three wood or let's just start teeing off with irons. Uh, you know, it, it's one thing to go out there and when we're on our own and trying to play for a better score and be like, no, I'm I'm going to figure this driver out today. Whereas I, I think putting the trophy on the line and, and having bragging rights over one another makes it a lot more fun. Uh, and so that it, it's it adds the mental side of the game in way more than it does in a normal round obviously we beat ourselves up mentally when we just go out and play on our own um but you know competing between and this when we predict our scores the other week it's like you know i i don't have the mental acuity to to play the game of golf you know i I get very hard on myself um and, and then trying to play for a trophy and trying to you know have bragging rights over you know two friends um it, it just adds that much more pressure, so it's it's going to be difficult, it's, but it's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, any any last thoughts as the defending champion? Any last words?
1: Um, I guess my question is: uh, Is there a limit to are we are we planning to all show up to the course at the same time so we're all with the same range time and stuff like that, or is it just get there when you want and? We tee off at one. <laughs> I'd say just get there when you want, only
0: because I'm coming from Philly. And so I don't want to say, Oh, we you know, we can't get there till a certain time and God forbid I get stuck in traffic or something. Plus I have to go, you know, to our to our friend's house and pick him up. Um, so yeah, I just get there whenever you want uh, and then you know because range time I, I like I don't plan on spending a lot of time on the range. I literally just want to go out there and get my warm up in, hit a couple shots and see how I'm playing and go from there um so I, I would say if, if you want to get there at you know 10 o'clock and just play the range it's a one um, i'll be leaving yeah. state college at 10 o'clock <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah but no it's 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 gonna be uh, I, i'm excited for this it's gonna be a lot of fun yeah um, all right moving on to our final thing it's our blind top five for this week uh obviously with no nick i'm gonna present at the slate and see how he ranks these five uh, golf podcasts in terms of who, who he thinks is the most annoying or just the worst in general to watch or listen to. Um, so number one is going to be the worst slash most annoying, uh, and then five is you know they're annoying but they're they're less annoying than the ones above that. Um, so first and foremost, uh, we'll, we'll get the biggest one I would say out of the way, uh, and that's the foreplay pod. Uh, how do you feel about that? Where, where are you ranking them one through five without knowing what's coming next?
1: Are uh, we just doing it as a whole or like – or – yeah, I guess it's just as a whole, right? So um, I'm going to go four. Okay. I, I kind of like the Barstool Sports stuff. I mean, we kind of grew up in the generation where that was kind of starting to get really big. So I think it is really cool what they were able to do. Yeah. I like Trent. Mm-hmm. I. I
0: can't. Uh, I don't know what the other guy's name. is. Riggs. I cannot absolutely not. There's
1: Riggs. Him. There's Frankie. And Fra- Frankie is uh, okay. Uh, they and now then, have Dan Rappaport And who I was can't a journalist. That. Yeah.
0: Uh, I I really don't like him at all. And so he kind of like it already wasn't high in my mind, but it worsened the value. But I feel like Riggs just says like a lot of just stupid shit. In, in my opinion, I, I.
1: So one thing that the reason why I think that like it's so cool. So first off, I mean, I I agree. I think that. Trent is is the the best guy for their group of four I also think that Frankie is probably the next guy I just like him because he was a part of the pizza reviews and stuff and then moved over to golf um the reason why I'm okay with Riggs just kind of being this oddball is because during COVID he literally went to Pinehurst I think and he just stayed there for like nine months got to play golf at Pinehurst because nobody else could go because it was shut down due to COVID and he lived there for nine months (laughs) so I just think that's the coolest thing that he got paid to live at pinehurst and play golf every day yeah um
0: my, but yeah, I, I don't mind their golf logs i like them uh, but again mm-hmm. my, my bone with that is when Riggs is in them especially when they do it like with the pga pros yeah when they're playing it and, and Riggs just talks and i get that like that's just He's the host just, guy yeah yeah he talks a ton of shit i'm just like okay like i know i'm Trent. not good and he could probably beat me but i'm just like Funny, like. Trent's
1: Breaking 90 is the best, yeah,
0: yeah. And they just brought that
1: back again. Yeah, so yeah. I'm,
0: I'm excited to start watching that. But um, next podcast is uh, the Breakfast Ball podcast. Uh, where, where do you rank them? What are your thoughts on them? I'm gonna go three. <laughs> I'm gonna go three on them. Um, again, just when they first started out, I liked them because they had, they had a couple of different things. They started to get a little bit more annoying, and then I think the tipping point for me into like full blown annoying um, was they did a segment on um, ball markers, and it, it, just the, the things they were saying were just made no sense. And they're like, "Well, you know, uh, if your your ball marker is above the ground and the ball hits it, it's going to affect the trajectory." And I'm just like, I, I agree, but that's why you're not supposed to put your ball marker in the line. You're supposed to move your ball marker. And then they they started. I don't know if it was sponsored or, or what, but they were talking about this product where it's like a pin and you're supposed to push it into the ground. And it's supposed to sit below grass level. Mm-hmm. And like, that's literally the same thing, but reverse. Like if it's sitting below grass level, even if it sits flush with grass level, it's still going to affect how that ball is rolling over that area. Um, that was just the one thing that really soured me on them. But
1: um, I, I think that, and I mean, I think it's pretty obvious that they they're looking for TikTok stuff so like yeah. i think that they're doing these things to be able to put 15 30 second videos on TikTok, hoping to to get a bunch of eyeballs on it because it's controversial or or just weird or different you know
0: it's working is it, is it yeah. <laughs> yeah
1: um the next one is one i just recently found um
0: but it's one that you shared you actually brought up the video earlier um but it's called embers golf
1: um <laughs> where, do you, where do you rank
0: them I
1: don't know. I think it was just a one-off video. I saw. I'm gonna go with two. I have um,
0: no idea. I, the reason I put them on it so they it used to be one channel. They would do like barbecue cooking, and then they would also talk about golf. And then <laughs> people started complaining that they were there only for barbecue or only for golf. So now they have two different channels. Um, But apparently they have a golf podcast. And this is the clip you sent me yesterday. First of all, they couldn't even pronounce hideki matsuyama correctly yeah <laughs> matsuyama uh is how they said it but also like there was just to me there was no facts behind it like i think they said a billion dollars um
1: yeah that was, was definitely like,
0: off yeah yeah Yeah, i was like uh no no disrespect to hideki but i don't think he got offered more money than tiger woods to
1: jump ship but
0: um next podcast the, the jack wagon sports bunker boys podcast where do you rank that
1: five five yeah five is good right
0: I, I, i'll take i would have put it at one but
1: no no, no i'm saying it's, it's we're doing reverse right so I, 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 know, just, just, I know okay just, i oh, no, know i was confused the way you reacted yeah. i was like wait did i just put it no. <laughs> I'm proud. <I> was just... <laughs> um
0: and the last one is uh tossing clubs this is another uh, small small podcast like us uh but i don't know if you've ever even seen them
1: um i haven't but i i should have put them at two and embers at one <laughs> uh yeah, I, I I have not seen them yet, but I'm definitely going to look into them after this. If I've taken anything from this, it's that I'm going <laughs> to watch them on <laughs> TikToks, listen to a podcast. <laughs> yeah. No, uh,
0: I, I don't really have a huge problem with them. And I I mean, I honestly, at this point, I, I got through the three ones, really the two that I found that have kind of started or annoyed me or started to. And then one was a clip I found. Uh, whereas I'm not trying to throw any shade at Colson Clubs. uh, They're probably never going to see this, but um, just another one off the top of my head. I was like, oh, I've seen some of their clips. Um, So that'll do it for our blind top five this week. Uh, But uh, we're excited to be back next week. Uh, We're going to have a lot to talk about. We have the RBC, uh, more information and news coming out about the merger, and then obviously uh, Jack Wagon Sports Golden Cup and the results from that and who is hosting the trophy. Uh, Hopefully it's me. Um, but uh, at the end of the day, we'll see. because I
1: do not play. How long will it take for you to put a shelf on the wall behind you if you get to take that home this weekend? Second question: Before you answer that, somebody needs to remind me Saturday morning early to get that <laughs> to get that trophy in my truck because I will forget it.
0: <laughs> uh, one that wouldn't surprise me, but two, uh, I don't think I would ever put a shelf behind me. I think I would literally have it here. And just fill it with a drink and then just drink just out drink of it. Just drink out of it? Yeah. yeah. yeah it's a little dusty.
1: I'll clean it out for you. That's oh, okay. I will,
0: we'll put plenty of liquor through that this weekend to clean it out and get it disinfected and all that. So.
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's it's going to be a lot of fun. We're excited to talk all
0: about that next week with you guys. Uh, we Thank hope you. you have a great rest of your week and we will see you in the next episode.
1: Yes, sir.